informal caregivers provide a large amount of day-to-day -day assistance and are crucial for the ability of survivors to recover and adapt to life after stroke. The development of caregiver support programs is limited by lack of large, long-term follow-up studies. I'm Carmen Lave Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, and I spoke to Dr. Stefan Senevold from the Department of Neurology at the University of London, Sweden. Dr. Senevold is the submitting author of the article, Informal Caregivers in Stroke, Life Impact, Support and Psychological Wellbeing, a Swedish Stroke Register. And this was submitted to the International Journal of Stroke. Now, this paper presents a comprehensive study of Swedish stroke caregivers, life situation in relation to a degree of functional dependency of the stroke survivor. This is, of course, really important because we often don't measure how caregivers are coping with dealing with life after stroke. In 2016, the Swedish Stroke Register, Rick's Stroke, conducted a long-term follow-up survey on caregivers to patients with stroke three and five years earlier. Items on psychological well-being were adapted from the 36-item short-form health survey and poor outcome was defined using the SF36 reference material. So survivor degree of dependency was indicated by caregivers as independent, partially dependent or completely dependent. With a sample size of 5,063, 56.5% of survivors were independent, 33.4% partially dependent, and 10.1% completely dependent. So caregiver life impact and need of support and proportion of poor psychological well-being increased incrementally with the survivor degree of dependency. In the completely dependent group, where 41% of survivors could not be left unattended for more than one hour, 23.7% of caregivers expressed unmet need of caregiver support and 51.4% reported poor psychological well-being compared to 19.3% in the independent group. The caregiver situation varies greatly with the degree of survivor dependency, which makes generalisations of caregiver needs really difficult. So my name is Stefan Sandfeldt. And I'm a researcher in the uh, Stroke Policy and Quality Register Research Group at Lund University in Sweden. Thank you. So it's lovely to speak to you, Stefan. What was the aim of the development of caregiver support programs through the RIC Stroke? 2016, RIC Stroke conducted a long-term follow-up on individuals for stroke three and five years earlier. And in this follow-up, uh, they included a separate questionnaire aimed at the principal informal caregiver. So 5,000 caregivers to community-dwelling survivors were included in the study and um, we used that data for our, our paper. Uh, so, the, uh, so the reason, the aim really is uh, that um, informal caregivers, for example spouses or children, the stroke survivors are incredibly important for the ability of the survivor to function in day-to-day -day life. And we, we wanted to describe who these caregivers are the extent of the support they provide to survivors and how this affects their well-being. And when you were looking at this study, I can see that you've had a look into caregiver support programs and how they're 
situated and what the situation like obviously this is based in Sweden but yeah. how important is it to have caregivers in the community and how important is it to stroke rehabilitation and care in the community in terms of economics as well did you have any investigations into that area well i looked looked a bit into it and well what you can say is that informal caregivers assume a huge responsibility we must really take care of these hard working individuals this, this is tremendously important for several reasons really for starters formal care will never be able to replace the quality of care that can be provided by an extra kin with a personal relationship to the survivor. And also, formal care will never be able to provide the quantity of care that is necessary. So extensive caregiver support makes sense from a financial point of view. Um, if one were to calculate the cost of the time and energy put in by informal caregivers, one would quickly arrive at huge amounts that would never be possible to be provided by healthcare systems. So uh, it's really in everybody's interest to support informal caregivers in all ways possible. So it's really both uh, from a financial point of view and, well, a quality of care point of view, really. And so what um, were the psychological effects of caregiver life and the impact on caregivers? So we describe poor caregiver uh, psychological well-being in four different dimensions. We describe sadness, fatigue, anxiety and frustration. And we can show an increase in frequency of these negative emotions with degree of survivor dependency. So in short, the more dependent the survivor, the more unhappy the caregiver so we wanted to translate this information to a composite measure of psychological well-being to be able to put our research in relation to previous research. The Rickstock questionnaire uh, had imported a few questions from the 36-item short-form health survey, uh, in short SF36, to measure psychological well-being. And we identified two of these items that have been adopted without modification and used these to calculate the score analogous to the one used in the full SF36 instrument. Uh, so that's a score from 1 to 100, where a lower score is unfavorable. So you're more unhappy with a lower score. And we found out that about 51% of caregivers to completely dependent uh, survivors reported poor psychological health and 24% of those uh, caregivers to partially dependent uh, survivors reported poor psychological health and only 19% in the independent group. So with an increasing level of dependency in the survivor, um, the more poor psychological well-being in the um, caregiver. We've talked about caregiver psychological well-being and what about the actual stroke patients themselves was that included in the survey any of that information uh well no not in our study it wasn't really um we didn't have the same the same items in the um in the survivor questionnaire so we only measured this in the, the caregivers really but what, what you can say is that previous research has uh, some studies have, have actually found that caregivers in some cases uh, fare uh, less well than the survivor. So there's actually a higher prevalence of uh, poor psychological well-being in the caregivers. Pretty interesting, but we didn't really look at that in this specific study. And so I see that you've also 
got an area in your results which focuses on the response rate and missing data and of course that's really important information to make sure is applied because you know when we've got policy makers and people who are looking at papers like this that's information that they want to you know they want to poke holes in the data that you've pulled together can you go through the response rate and missing data content with us I made a diagram in my article, but it's a bit complicated, I guess. But um, we had uh, a total response rate in the questionnaire that was um, handed to caregivers of about a little over 50%. You know, the the, the questionnaire was um, sent to all caregivers, all the care, caregivers to survivors to stroke that, that had their stroke three or five years earlier. It was sent to everybody, really. But uh, so that was fifty percent. But in those in those caregivers to survivors that had responded to their questionnaire, so in in those caregiver survivor pairs where the survivor had responded, in those pairs we had a seventy percent response rate in the caregivers. So that's a little bit better. But we still had a thirty percent uh, loss to follow up in those pairs. Okay, so the data is telling us, obviously, that caregivers need lots of support so that they can continue to support, especially stroke survivors with high dependency. I guess the next question is, how do we do that? The most important things would be to listen to what caregivers themselves express in terms of support needs. In our study, we, we can only conclude that a large proportion of caregivers to dependent survivors express unmet need of support, but we don't really know what this means in practice. In our opinion, research should focus on exploring what this really means in qualitative terms. Uh, we have to find out what informal caregivers mean by this vague expression and how our health care system can accommodate these needs in the most effective way possible. So what I would recommend is that future research well, really, really explores what they mean and what this means well, in practice. What, what can we provide to make their situation better? You've been listening to a podcast interview with Carmen Leif Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, and Dr. Stefan Senefold from the Department of Neurology at the University of Lund in Sweden. Submitting author of the article, Informal Caregivers in Stroke, Life Impact, Support and Psychological Wellbeing, a Swedish Stroke Register, Rickstroke, study to the International Journal of Stroke. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organization. Please do consider becoming a member and commit to making a global difference in the fight against stroke.